I'm Adam Banerjee and this is The Motivation Mike. I'm here today with Oral Ellis. You may have seen him on 911, Blackish, or a sitcom for Geo. I see him in the living room every day. How are we doing today? We're good over here. We're doing fine. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I like this energy you're bringing to the podcast today. Okay. Okay. Speak things as though they are and they shall be. Oh, that's deep. Mm-hmm. That's deep. So yeah, tell people how we met. Oh wow! Um, at the Groundlands in a in the most basic of classes, <laughs> we met at the Groundlands doing some improv in the most basic of classes. Yeah, I remember I gave you like we had that exercise we were supposed to be doing different radio stations. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I gave you like R&B or like a church choir suggestion and you nailed it. Do you remember that? Um, Not exactly, but I do remember. Um, I do remember some aspects of it now that you say it. Okay. It's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. R&B. What did I do? Some song. I don't know if you made it up. Do you feel like you would make it up or would you would have it be like, like a gospel? A Giveon song or something. I don't know if Giveon was out when we had that class. I, I, don't, like I don't think so. I think he came years. out during the, the pandemic or something. Yeah. That's such a wild time yeah. to make it as an artist. Well, let's recreate it right now. What's the, what was the suggestion? Yeah. Uh, R&B station. Am I supposed to sing like a blue? <laughs> a blue song? You set this up for yourself. Welcome to the Adam Banerjee Podcast. It's a podcast. It's not a radio show. It's a podcast. The Adam Banerjee Show. Okay, I like that. Adam Um, B, baby. Do I have to pay you residuals if I play that at the beginning of every show? Adam B, bitch. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's fine. We can work it out. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so Groundlings, that was a good that was a good time to meet. I mm-hmm. feel like that was pre-pandemic. Um Yeah, man, we laid a lot of foundations there. Um Yeah. Kind of come came into our own at Groundlings. We did. We did. And you've been doing your thing ever since, so that's what's up. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that compliment. Thank you. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about how I've been taking over your apartment slowly. Hmm. What is there to talk about? Well, I came in, I was, to give everyone a little bit of background, (laughs) um, I was living in Atlanta for two years. Okay. Went to Mexico on vacation for a couple weeks. And then I came and became a squatter. (laughs) That you did. Mm -hmm. I became a squatter. And um, I was not paying. Some would maybe say I was refusing to pay um, because I had already made my space. Continue. Continue. You're digging your hole deeper so I could take you to court and get some money. So <laughs> this c- is for entertainment purposes only. I'm okay. going to take this recording to court and I'm going to be like, your honor, he did not pay me. He was here all this time and he did not pay me. Yeah. But eventually... I came around. Okay. And I did send you a rent Oh, payment. now you're trying to have a full circle moment. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, you did. You did pay your bills. So, yeah. That's what's up. 
Yeah. I um sent you the money on Zelle, which I've learned recently is not Zelly. Yeah, who told you it was Zelly? It sounds like something your mom in Florida would say. <laughs> oh, you talking about oh my, my mama? You talking about my mama? <laughs> I'm sorry. See, I know she's going to listen to this podcast and she's going to be like, Adam, why is your friend talking about me on your podcast, Adam? <laughs> I know. I'm way too transparent. Like, I feel like I don't know enough about your mom. Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I need to find out more. Sake, so uh-uh. Sake, so put it out then. No, <laughs> there's nothing to be um, said. <laughs> so you are out here with credits in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Um, what would you want to know specifically? Well, let's go back to Blackish, right? Okay. Tell us a little bit about like the process from booking that to getting ready, prepping to being on set mm. to that kind of afterglow that happens when you book something. You know what Blackish was very um it was a a great moment for me. When I booked Blackish, my niece had just born. And, you know, so when there's a new baby that that is hair that just like came, the baby normally brings blessings. Okay. And I believe my niece brought that blessing for me. Um, everything with that booking happened so fast because I was in Florida and I went for my niece. She was being born. And I was there. She she was born one day and the next day I had to get on the plane. I had to get on the plane to get back to L.A. to work on that show. Um, so, yeah, like that process happened, happened very fast. I had to I had to go to the airport. I was trying to book the ticket online, but I guess because it was like so close within the hours of the flight leaving, I could not book the ticket. So I had to like buy the ticket at the desk at the airport and it was spirit and it was the only airline that was leaving from fort lauderdale to la and that was that was a journey because if you never flew spirit before spirit don't give you water so i was flying on spirit for hours and i was thirsty Mm. it was just it was I I knew that it was a blessing on the other side for me because of that experience alone. Right. That's crazy that spirit is such a harrowing journey that you need to look for blessings on the while end. you're in the air. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, so that experience was amazing. I went on set. Um then I, I arrived that night. And I went on set the next day, started to shoot, and it was a really, really good experience. It was one of the best sets I've ever been on, where I was not mistaken for a background actor <laughs> or disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, I really liked the way they ran their sets and the way they treat their guest actors. Can you say the word spirit again? Spirit. 
See, I love the way you say certain words because I can tell there's like a background there. So, so tell people a little bit about the Bahamas. <laughs> well, the Bahamas is where I was raised. Um, it's where I got my broadopsy. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't. Broadopsy is something that they use mostly in the Caribbean. And it's basically saying that she was raised upright. Mm. So that's why I got my broadopsy. And yeah, I had a lot of, um, you know, amazing experiences as a kid that you just can't get in America. Mm. So that's like just walking home from kindergarten at four years old. I was able to do that. These kids nowadays, they can't do stuff like that. You can't yeah. even trust them to go outside the door. Um, also, but, just white vans. I mean, you got to be careful with kids in the streets. Yeah, that part too. So, But we didn't have white vans over there. We had a lot of golf carts. And Yeah, that would be cars. harder to do in a golf cart. Like yeah. People could see what you're doing. Exactly. And catch you. Exactly. And the island is so small. <laughs> Everyone on the island knows each other, so... It's like, oh, yeah, I saw him walking by. He walked by, like, at 205. Mm. Then the next neighbor's like, yeah, he walked by, like, at 210. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that that was my experience growing up in the Bahamas. And I was also a preacher's kid. So that was its own thing. Um, that was its, a celebrity-like thing and not in a good way. Because not only because everyone knows who you are, but you're also known as the preacher's kid. Mm. And they put you on a different level of a pedestal. You know, they put you on a different level where you have to have these built-in morals or you have to have these built-in, um, like you have to be a built-in publicist, to be honest. So I'm like a built-in publicist because I had to watch what I say, watch what I do, watch who see me and all that stuff because the the talk on the town would be the preacher's kid did this or the preacher's kid said that. That was one of the cons of living in the Bahamas and being a preacher's kid. Now I'm in America and I could do whatever the hell I want. No one knows who I am, even though I was on Blackish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Um, quite a few of my friends' parents, like they've had a parent, uh, their father typically that's a preacher. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know why I felt the need to like be like the father typically, like gender equality. I'm an ally, mm. um, but they all were their fathers. Um, to be clear, but um, yeah, I, I feel like this is the motivation, Mike. Right, and I feel like what's interesting that I see in you is you're a very motivational person. Okay, um, you know. And likewise, like I am too, if I say so myself and it comes out in different ways, right? Like I can see the roots in the ways that you speak about, you know, blessings and stuff like that. Like I was raised Christian, but maybe I might phrase it differently, but there's a similar energy sometimes towards manifesting and staying strong in our will with what we're doing and not giving up um, because I know in the career of an actor, there's a lot of highs and lows. And I'm wondering if you could speak to that for a moment. Just what sustains you 
and what has sustained you in the past with those moments of uncertainty or dealing with the the rough patches so um the highs and lows um i like to call in between that the main time and in the main time that's between the bookings you know because sometimes it could be months it could be years without having that next that next booking mm. so in the meantime in the meantime what i do i have faith and you know like the bible says faith is the size of a mustard seed and if you have that you can be able to get to the next day so for me to get to the next day it's my faith and if I didn't have that, I would have pro- I would have probably lost my mind a long time ago. So when I when I'm not booking or when I I'm not working, I know that I just keep on holding on because I know that my next breakthrough or my next blessing is around the corner. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know that it's coming. So that's what I hold on to. When I say the upside down, what does that mean to you? The upside down? Yeah. I think of Stranger Things. Yes, yes. Because (laughs) when you said in the meantime, the way that was phrased, it reminded me of the upside down. Mm. Because I feel like they would kind of really emphasize it. You know, like, where were you? The upside down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of like the upside down of an acting career, right? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. when you're actually on set and you're doing it, it's like you're living your best life. And then when you're not, sometimes those times can feel really dark and you're just trying to kind of piece together like okay what am i like what am i doing right now and where am i heading and how do i get to that next step yeah because it's kind of like you constantly have to in a sense reinvent yourself and i don't mean it in the sense of like prince reinventing himself every album or something or madonna it's more like how am i going about what i'm doing and what needs to change or be adjusted to get me better results because you don't want to stay stagnant in this business. Exactly. Yeah, you nailed it in the head with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. You did that. This is the motivational mic. Yeah, yeah. And this is what we do here. Yeah, yeah. Don't confuse the people, though, because it's like motivation mic. So they're going to be like, motivational. Oh. Like the, oh. The I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I'm an ad honor. <laughs> I adds on like yes and you yes ended the shit out of me <laughs> so I really liked your role in 911 Lone Star um, just personally I just enjoyed it and I was like that is so oral <laughs> really yeah I don't know you brought your essence to it really you brought your essence to it hmm. I mean it was a little more hood than you are though excuse me <laughs> How dare you? I am very hood. Okay. Like, what's up? Uh, uh, What you mean? mm. I'm hood. Mm. I'm from Miami Gardens. See, that's the character. The 305. 305, baby. Uh. Opalaka, Florida. Opalaka, Florida. How dare you? How dare you? 
So that's next question, please. That's a reenactment of the driver from nine one one. That's uh, not true. You channeled the <laughs> shit out of that. <laughs> did you even watch it? I did. Yeah. Did you watch it recently? Mm, it's been a hot minute. I think I watched it closer when it came out. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think the driver was hood. It was like he was in the hood. And he was dealing with a scenario. Come on, this is Texas. Texas doesn't have a hood. Okay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure it does. People from Texas going to be in the comments. Yeah. They're going to be like, how dare you? <laughs> never been to Te- I've never stepped my foot one day in Texas or on Texas. Um, and I don't plan on doing so. And the show is 911 Lone Star, mm-hmm. which is the Texas spinoff. And it's filmed out here in Los Angeles. So we filmed that in LA, in um, like San Bernardino somewhere. So I guess it looks like Texas. Yeah. I guess the Lone Star State. Um, But yeah, man. So that role, like when I auditioned for that role, that was like one of the auditions where I didn't give a fuck. Can I curse on here? Your yeah. kid's probably going to listen. Um, I think you're good. Okay. They've heard it all. Okay, good. Um, Yeah, that was one of the roles where I really didn't care. Um, and I just went in there and I, I was myself. I was my sarcastic self. I was my funny self. I was my don't give a shit, don't give a care type <laughs> self. I was all of that, and I just channeled, um, I just channeled that in the room, and I did the audition. And for me, like when I do auditions, I don't remember. Like people ask me, so how was that audition that you did um, last week? I'm like, which one was that again? Mm-hmm. And I have to go back to my emails to look and see what I auditioned for because I just like forget about it. Um, so that was one of them. I think I, I didn't hear back from them until like a week or so later. And I got the pinned and my, um, who hit me up? My agent at that time hit me up and was like, Hey, you're yeah, the pinned. And well, that was, that's my voice of her in the email. But when I booked it, I got a call. So they send you an email when you get the pin, but when you book it, you deserve a phone call. So she called me and she's like, hey, congratulations, you booked 911 Lone Star. And I was like, thank you. And I played it real cool, which I always do. Yeah, so after after the phone call, I think I went back to work. I was happy, yes, because we're always happy when we have the opportunity to go on set and be on set. So I was happy for that, but... I went back to work to my nine to five. So. Right. Yeah. And where were you working at at the time? Oh, no. I'm not giving them a shout out on this. Oh, okay. On this motivation mic. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to give them that type of credit. No, no publicity yeah. for them. Yeah. Because they'll be stormed with people. Yeah. Like, if this gets out, it's going to be crowded AF. Right. So when when this um, episode ends, I'm not giving them no extra business you know yeah when this episode airs 
Right. I think I said ends. Yeah, yeah. I was with you though. I was like, I think he's going somewhere with it. Yeah. So when this episode <laughs> airs on the air and syndication and all that stuff, like I'm not giving them no publicity and not for free. Mm. So. So do you still make money on residuals if I were to go back and watch this right now on 911 Lone Star? Like, will you get a residual check? I don't know if it works like that. I don't know if it works like that, but um, I do. I always get checks from from them via SAG. So it's like all them, all the shows I was on was produced by ABC, Walt Disney. So even though one was on Fox, one was on CBS, the other was on ABC. Like all of them are paid through Walt Disney. So I'm always getting a check from from Walt Disney and sometimes it it like put the three of them in one check um from Walt Disney or it'll be one of them two whatever but yeah like I always got a check from Walt Disney now the checks now are very small they used to over be, time yeah they used to be right they used Initially. to be they used to be nice and you know healthy yeah now they're not yeah, they, it's did, nice... they just come and they tickle my bank account a little bit. <laughs> so, do you get direct deposit now? You know they're doing that. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice. That's a nice touch too. Just getting those residual checks feels really good yeah. because it's like you're not expecting it. Right. Um. You kind of just live your life, and then you're like, oh, fifty dollars here, sixty dollars there, sometimes a little more. Yeah. Um. It's it's really nice. Um, and have I have that. it hooked up to my um, my, um, what you call it, my my savings account. So it just twenty dollars if twenty dollars comes, goes straight to my savings dollars. If it's seventy dollars, straight to my savings account. And I just don't. I'm like like you said, I wasn't expecting it. So it just goes there and gets a little interest on top of it. Yeah, I like that. That stability for the long term and not just burning through cash. I want to go back to another point, though, because you mentioned not giving a fuck when you were in the audition. I never said that. And oh, you didn't? I never said that. Okay. I don't use those words. All right. Excuse Let's me. Play the tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the thing, right? I feel like a lot of people that just like move to L.A. or just move to Atlanta fresh. And we're in L.A., just to be clear. But... Um, they might hear that and think like, oh, so if I don't give a fuck and like put no energy towards this and just get in the opportunity, I'm going to get this job. And nah, probably not like 99% chance is not going to work out like that for you. It's like, and you can tell me, I'd be curious to hear you elaborate on this, but it's like Oral is not lazy. He's a hard worker and he's put in a lot of time into his craft, into what he does, into networking and the relationships in the industry and he has the talent and he's mined his craft so um that felt like a weird reference to minecraft but you know what i meant he mined he mined he dug into Mm. the craft um in order to be able to let go in the audition and be his full self and not give a fuck so he could reveal himself in a way that's like, all right, you know, like, cause here's the thing, right? In the audition, there's a set of circumstances. There's people who are observing you do what you do. And we all know on some level that it's for a job. However, 
to not give a fuck, we, in a sense, let go of that and we do it for the sake of the action of doing it. Okay. Yeah, what's your take? On not giving a fuck? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, how do you feel about that? Like, as far as that that contrast of, like, hard work, but at the same time letting the hard work go and just doing you. So when, let's talk about not giving a fuck. When I say that I don't give a fuck, not that I don't give a fuck about the work, but I don't give a fuck about, all right, I'll say this. If you are new to L.A., your not giving a fuck and my not giving a fuck is two separate things <laughs> because I am approaching eight years in this business mm. in L.A. to be exact. Preach. So my level of not giving a fuck is the anxiety, the desperation for the job, which I feel a lot of actors have. And I was definitely one of those actresses like, oh, see me, book me, like me, love me, bring me back. <laughs> and it was like, I got to a level where none of that is important. What's important is going in the room, doing what I'm supposed to do, like a professional, and leave. So when I don't give a fuck, it's not that I don't give a fuck about the work. It's that I don't give a fuck about, um, I, I don't give a fuck about, like, if I get this job, I'm good. If I don't, I'm also good. So I don't put that pressure on myself to have to get this job. Because like I said earlier in the episode, what's for me is for me and if that job is for me it's gonna be for me if it's not whoever books it that was for them right and it's an easy trap for a lot of actors to fall into right like probably most likely for a lot of us when we get into this type of career there's a part of us that likes attention i mean mm. obviously we like attention um so when we're a little bit more green it's like we want that validation from the people that are watching us and stuff. And maybe when we were younger, it came a little more naturally, right? Like parents, mm. friends, or, you know, if you did a talent show or something and when you get here, it's going to get more real. It's going to get more real because these are business people at the end of the day too, right? Like they have real projects with real money on the table right? and they're not, here just to make you feel good to make you feel like you're enough you have to know you're enough and it's tough because it's like we can all tell ourselves that but it's not until deep down we know that that we can let go and bring our best self into the room amen hmm. you just preached yeah, Rubber. I just preached. I'm not a preacher's son, but I just preached. You yeah. see how that happened? Yeah, I see. That's why we're friends. Mm, yes. That's <laughs> right. Amen. 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 <laughs> Talk to us about a sitcom for Geo. I know you just made this new reel for it, and uh, it's hilarious, bro. Like, I really enjoyed this. I feel like you really brought yourself to it. 
Mm. You know what? Yeah, a sick, I should post that on my Instagram. I haven't posted there in a while. Um, but yeah, a sitcom for Geo was created out of frustration. Um, like I started the series with just this character on my Instagram, just to the phone, to the phone camera directly. (laughs) And I was just frustrated. Right. (laughs) And I just started dramatically crying into the camera without tears, but it was a cry from my soul. And, and I think terrifying. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Go ahead. Speak your truth. Okay. So when I looked into the camera, when I looked into the camera, I was um, frustrated with, I don't know what I was going through that day, but I just knew that I personally wanted to do sitcoms. And I was not getting those opportunities. So I was just playing around. And I was like, I started crying. And I was like, I'm tired of doing these drama auditions. I want to do sitcoms. I'm funny. And that was like, oh, oh, shit, that's a show. Mm -hmm. And I just started writing on um, and creating the show from doing that video. Yeah, that's good. I like how that progression panned out for you. I feel like it was very organic. It wasn't like, what's the thing I'm going to write that's going to make me famous? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. Um, do you see yourself creating more episodes of this? Or is it more like right now you're shopping this around to see if it can get made um, by a major network or streaming service? Yeah, I'm not planning on working on that or creating anything on top of it in that world. Um, I kind of like, because I started working on it before the pandemic. I actually started shooting it before the pandemic. And it's just been a long time that I've been with that character and and that story. And I just want to work on other things. So, yes, one day I will revisit and I do have a pilot version of that show that I would like to make. Um, but right now I'm working on some other things that I'm passionate about. Okay, cool. Anything you want to share? You want to hold that for a little bit for later? Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. going to hold it for later because, yeah, you don't want to put it out there. Right. Yet. Give the people a little taste, but not all yet. Exactly. Just yeah. know that... It's in the sitcom comedy universe as well. That that's my next project that I'm working on. Okay, you guys can't see the mafia like way that he just took off his glasses and rubbed off a smudge and then put them back on. Oh, wow. so I'm just giving y'all a visual You're that that so, happened. You pay so much attention to details. Oof. I love doing that. Sound like you sound like you've heard that a lot, huh? Yeah, thank you. It oh. still feels good though in my soul. Oh, wow. Okay, I guess yeah. you could receive it as a compliment. Yeah. Oh, you meant it in a not compliment way? Mm, that's not what I said. Okay. You, but you're like, I didn't send that. You can't see what he's doing right now, but he just did a eyebrow lift that was a little sketchy. Um, 
So let's talk about this for a second. I remember when you came out and did stand up with me a couple of times. Okay. I'm curious, like, what was that experience like for you? Because I know it's not like I don't think you can tell me because you know better than I do. But I don't think you identify as like I'm a stand up comedian. But it's something you've done before and something that might be part of your future going forward. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, when I did stand up, um, during that time. It was a very um, fun experience to me. Um, I felt free. I had joy and all that stuff. And getting up on the stage was just amazing. Um, I am still... Yeah, I wouldn't consider myself a stand-up comedian. um, But it is a part of my resume, if you say. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I would be do. I will. I do plan on doing some stand up in the future, but not right now. I'm just like, I'm. I know you love to do the stand up and stuff like that, and I'm just like not. Um, don't take this offense. Um, I'm just like not into it right now. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Yeah, it's just like not, it's not priority at the moment for me. Yeah, it's like. Because I have some shit that I would talk about. (laughs) And it's just not the time to talk about it. So. Right. It's like I told you, I love baseball. And you're just like, baseball's kind of boring. Okay. Is that what just happened? No, not really. it's, It's not boring. It's just that. I'm not I'm not into it right now. <laughs> I get you. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. But what I did like is you have such a unique point of view. And we talked a little about that a little bit earlier, right? Being from the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And uh, you bring a certain energy. And that's really what's best case scenario. So in the best case, you know, a Sam comedian finds their voice, right? So I feel like you're very comfortable on stage. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, props to you for that. I feel like that's something a lot of people develop over time. And, of course, I know your journey's not finished, but that's what I really enjoyed about watching you on stage. It's like, oh, you know, like, this guy has a unique POV that I haven't heard before. Mm. Yeah. Not you trying to motivate me on this motivational mic. Motivation mic. (laughs) (laughs) Not you trying to motivate me on this motivating mic. Did I say it wrong? You put, like, a hyphen on it this time. It's an apostrophe. (laughs) I don't know. I used to be good at English. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Motivate me so I could go on the stage and do the comedy. Yeah. We're going to like interview you again in a year. You're going to have a Netflix special or something. Oh, wow. I need to hit up Joe Coy. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you want to say? He owes me a hat. He owes you a hat? Yeah. Why? Because he was like, hey, because I told him I, I met him in person. And I was like, yo, you funny, bro. And <laughs> I said it in my most white guy voice ever. Um, <laughs> it's like, yo, you're funny, bro. What's up, dude? And he was like, thank you, man. And he almost cried. He's like such a nice person. And he was like so graceful and um, happy. And he was like, I'm going to send you a hat. What's your address? 
I sent him my address and I haven't received the hat. So Joe Coy, if you're listening to this mic, this motivate mic, if you listen, please send me my hat. I've been waiting. And you had like motivation mic, motivation mic. So Joe Coy, if you listen to this motivation mic, please send me my hat because you promised me that hat and you already have like three specials since then. So I know you got money. All right, let's plug your address up in. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're not going to do. <laughs> Joe Coy, come on. It's a hat. Send it over. I mean, how's it going to get to you, though? If I don't plug your address right now, I'm not sure how he's going to get it to you. He has my um, address. It's in his messages. I oh. sent it to him electronically. Oh, okay. So All right, cool. Know. Is this going to be like a Joe Coy hat, or is it going to say something in particular? I don't know, but it's a hat from Joe Coy. Yeah, it's a fun surprise. Yeah. And it's special because he sent it to you. Exactly. Well, he he didn't send it to you. He did. But hopefully this will motivate him to. To. And this is where we insert the music. <laughs> I was curious <laughs> if you were going to say send it, like to send it, if we were just going to end it too. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's close out on this. What advice would you give to your younger self Ooh. coming into this business? Oh, my God. That's a loaded question Okay. that I have an answer to. I have a deeper answer that I saved, that I am saving for when I receive my Emmy. But I will say this. Don't save it. Spill the tea. <laughs> um, the the little kid, little OJ, that's what they used to call me before OJ fucked that up and I couldn't use it in America. <laughs> but in the Bahamas, they called me OJ. And I would tell that kid, like, keep going. People may not see your worth or your value and that's okay keep going believe in yourself and believe in your dreams and it may be hard along the way but don't give up keep going my grandmother always used to say keep on keeping on and that's what i'm going to continue to do and that's what I'm going to tell little OJ to do. So big OJ, Oral Ellis, keeps on keeping on. I think that there is not a better way to close out this episode. I agree. <laughs>